Hello and welcome to episode 124 of Navigating the Modern World. Today is a very special podcast. Today I am having a conversation with a dear, beautiful friend of mine from high school. Her name is Brianna Gaines. She is a woman of color and her voice is deeply brilliant and profound and matters during this time. And this conversation is to raise her voice. This conversation is to stand for the people of color that have suffered over the last 500 years. This podcast is for you, Brianna, and every person of color. May we be in this together. May you stand on our shoulders. Enjoy. when I was younger growing up, like, you know, just old men doing old men things. And 
I know a lot of that has been purposely blocked out. Um, but totally. I don't really have that many memories before seventh grade. I, I remember like getting my clothes ready for sixth grade and being so nervous, but mm-hmm. not really, not really. And so sixth grade is when you landed in Arkansas, fifth grade. Sixth grade. I was leaving fifth grade, going to sixth grade. When okay. 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 And I want to, I want to hear, cause like, obviously yeah. because of our differences, our beautiful differences, we had different experiences. Completely. Completely. And what was it like for you in Bentonville, Arkansas, Podunk, like, I, before it really exploded? Arkansas had not quite exploded yet. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. I want to just be very I'm clear for the people listening. That they rolled up the sidewalks at 9 p.m. because it was just a sleepy old town full of old boys and good old boy vibes. And I would describe it kind of like, I mean, as a child, you kind of know especially in the black community, um, Mm -hmm. if you're raised with home training, you know that children are mostly to be seen and not heard. And that's kind of how it was as a black person in Arkansas. You can, you can hang out, but just don't do anything controversial. Don't not laugh when we make the racist joke. Don't rock the table because Mm -hmm. you barely have a seat at this table. And you talk to your friends who are like, yeah, just don't go to Harrison. Yeah, just don't go to Springdale. Yeah, just don't go to these places because I was spit on when I went there because I, I know that's the capital of the KKK. Or because, so it's just, it's one of those things where you know that you see people that you are either doing better than academically or socially, but you just, you still know that at the end of the day, when you all graduate college, some people will get these jobs and some people won't. And what's the difference? I didn't understand until I was much older that... I was different because of course I don't see any black people around me and I don't see myself when I look at you. I just think that we're the same. So why is it that I'm being targeted? Why is it that I don't get the same liberties and freedoms? Why is my mom always so nervous for me to go to my friends' houses? Why is my mom always so nervous that I need to be home before sundown? Why is my mom always so nervous that I shouldn't just go out and do the same things that my peers seem to have no problem doing? And I, I think it was too painful for her to explain. And I think it's one of those things that you can't really explain to children until they experience it for themselves. I'm like, oh, what do you know? You lied about Santa. Why, why do I trust you? Totally. So I think she had to let me kind of experience that with some scaffolding before she could come to me and approach the subject of race relations and how black people just kind of, your, your skin is a weapon. So you'll always be seen as a target. So. And that was something I could not come to terms with at, at 12. But certainly as I got older and then I went to college undergrad in South Carolina mm-hmm. and my first week there, they had a blackface party. So I, that was my, between Arkansas and South Carolina, that was my, okay, things are going to be a little bit different for me. I know that you talk like a white girl. I know that when you're on the phone in interviews, they assume you're a white girl. You don't have a crazy ethnic name. You, you know, you have credentials, but when you show up for the interview, it's a whole different story, you know? Yeah. When is the first time you remember? So, you know, you were saying that your, you know, your mom, it's a, it's a hard conversation for you as a child. And so she kind of with, you know, some scaffolding, like let you experience it yourself. When is the first time you had an experience that like landed in you? I was going over to a friend's house when she and her mom picked me up at there were people that lived out in a trailer in Centerton and uh, maybe not Centerton. I think it was it's some, somewhere more remote, like not Pea Ridge, but like somewhere more remote. 
yeah. uh, with her county. And uh, we were driving away, and she said, hey, why don't you girls go out and do some nigger knocking? And I said, excuse me? And she was like, oh, come on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is, no. the, this is the friend's mom. Yes. And okay. the friend kind of like uncomfortably <laughs> laughed but didn't, you know, have a problem. She's heard that term a hundred times. I've never heard that before. And I was like, what does that even mean? And the friend was like, she means like, you know, like ding dong ditch. And I was like, I, I need to leave. I need to get out of this car. And they somehow convinced me, no, it's okay. It's fine. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, just not wanting to go to school on Monday and be known as, you know, the girl you can't say anything around or the girl who's super sensitive and ruin friend groups. I said, okay. And I just, I went to the sleepover and it didn't really come up again. But how old are you? I must have been 14. Oh, wow. So it was in Arkansas. Oh, absolutely. And there was another time we were at a, it's with the same girl. We were at something for choir and, um, we were all hanging out with, it was like different schools and one kid was listening to music on his, literally on his disc man. And mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, can I listen. And he was like, well, yeah, but there's some music on here that I'm not proud of. And like, I was going through the music and then it comes to like what had to have been like KKK music because it was just talking about niggers this and niggers that and da, 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 da. And I was just mm. like, why would you, why, why would you, you could have just said no, you know, like, and like we seem to be friendly, so why? Would, but you also have these views, or you're saying it's your brother's music, but it's it's on your disc, man. So like I don't. Mm. Yikes! Uh, I I no longer felt safe, I guess, at that point. But I didn't know what that feeling was because I had always had that feeling, but it was just like rushed to me, like that feeling of like I don't know if it's safe for me to be here mm-hmm. at this. Because how many other people feel like you just don't happen to subscribe to soundtracks about it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really don't know. And then when Obama elect, became a president, that's when I lost a lot of friends from Arkansas. That was really? like really finding line. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is it? Is I shouldn't be shocked. I I don't. It's shocking. None it is shocking. It's terribly, terribly shocking. But yeah. So whenever that happened to you at fourteen. And then the other incident, were you about the same age? Oh, yeah. I was uh, 15, 16 at that point. Okay. So did you bring that to your mother at that point? No, because I knew she would be angry with me, and she would restrict the things that I would be able to do. Because she would have, like, concrete in-your-face evidence. You can't deny what is actually going on in these communities. And so I said, everyone knows what's going on. Everyone knows what's going on. So why should I make myself a target of my mother's rage? Because she's going to be angry. Yeah. at the superintendent at the school at, at everyone like everyone's catching hell for this and i i can't i can't and this is before we knew about microaggressions this is before we could talk about things this yeah. is before we had a black president so black people were a little bit more willing to stay in their place at that point the time between rodney king and until obama it was i mean that is too big of a gap but yes yeah. okay we're, so we're, what how did you deal with that okay as a 14 year old i'm just trying to un- i like brianna I just want to like put my feet in your shoes. I, I really like, I want to just listen. Like what, how did you deal with that as a 14 year old girl? Like how, what did you do? I think I did this. I did the same thing that everyone has to do. Every black woman, every black person coming up in America, you just have to compartmentalize it, you know, and just 
try your best not to internalize it, but the society is built in a way that you have to internalize it. You have to. You see only bad guys in movies and shows are black. You never see, you know, black actors getting the recognition. You'll never see a black actor with a black man with a white woman in a movie. Like, there's certain lines that we just don't cross. You'll never see them kissing in a movie anyway. You know that there's certain things that you don't know why you know, but you just know. And so it's it's a painful existence at times, but it's also why we create the best media, why we create the best music and rhythm and blues and, and all that stuff. It's because it's just systematic telling you you're less than, you're less than, you deserve the position that you're in. And so you learn early, like, okay, okay, this is how they're playing this game. So, okay, this is the game I have to play until I can somehow come up with the money to pick a new country. I don't know. There's nowhere, nowhere, there's nowhere safe. If the darker you are, the worse you're treated in the whole world. I mean, my mom, my, my husband, we've all tried to think about a place we can even go. There's nowhere to go. You know the place. Let me know. I'm, I'm willing to take my Trump check and head on over, but I don't know where that is. I don't know where there's a place that exists where black people can just be black people. I don't know where that is. That feels very heartbreaking to me. Yeah. And I don't... Isn't it great you know how many little people give a shit about it? That's that's the tough part. <clears throat> the eternally marginalized. Okay. Everyone needs a kicking dog, I guess. Hmm. So right now, with everything happening... What's going on? What's going on in you? I don't think I've ever had as many mixed emotions as I've had this month, you know? And uh, I think it started off like seeing in Brazil, like we know that COVID is killing minorities. We, I mean, that's just worldwide. We know that the poorer you are, the more desperate you are, the more at risk you are for any kind of disease, but especially something as rapidly infectious as COVID. And I want to show you something just quickly. Yeah, I would um, love to see. I'm, I live in a building on the 17th floor in an apartment. And directly across the street from me is one of the biggest favelas in the city. And a favela is just a ghetto, which is another name. But okay. you can see all of those buildings over there. Those are all, that's the favela. And that's just a tiny slump of it. It goes all the way in either direction that you can see. Wow. So the distance between the wealth and the impoverished is just right in your face. There's, it's just absolutely undeniable. Wow. And, uh, but in the favelas, they knew early on because they're used to the government only coming into crackheads. They, they set up their own ambulatory services. They set up their own, you know, even the gang members were like, we're going to enforce the quarantine, you know, lockdown, all that kind of stuff. So we're still under lockdown. Um, and... You, you know that there are, you have to you have to do it for yourself. You can't wait for someone who has continued to oppress you to come to your aid. It's just foolish at, that, at this point. And I feel the same way about the states. At this point, we begged, we begged, we've peacefully protested, like we've done all the right things. We've protested in all the ways you said were acceptable and we still end up with our heads cracked. So I, I don't know, Kim, I really don't. Yeah. I just feel I'm, lost. I don't think I answered your question, but 
No, I mean, you did. You answered the perfect, you said the perfect thing because it's what came. Mm. I think the biggest shock for, for me coming to Brazil, we went yeah. to a, our first meeting was at the school. Like getting to know Brazil, we have the CNN effect. So you, you think Brazil is just a dirty, dangerous jungle. Totally. And of course it's not, but we don't know that about Africa either. So we get here, we're in this meeting and there's one other, like there's two white ladies that both have black, you know, they made children with black men. Me, Lorenzo, and one of the black men that has a wife at Graded. And they raise their hands and they're like, okay, well, I just, as a black person, is my husband or my children, are we going to be safe? And they looked at them, they looked all of us dead in our face and said, oh, you're fine, you're white. So because Brazil did the opposite of America, America had the KKK and said the rapists will stay separate. And Brazil said, no, we can get rid of black people if we just integrate, integrate, integrate. So they, they encouraged Germans, other, you know, super white nation nationals to come over here, breed with the locals. And then in two, three generations, I didn't even know this was possible. You don't see any blackness anymore. You really don't. And so once you get it to where everyone kind of looks the same-ish, the same international brown-ish, mm-hmm. you can't discriminate based on black and white anymore. So they made black and white money and not money blatantly. So even if you're white in Brazil, but you work sweeping the streets, sweeping, sweeping the streets, mm-hmm. you're considered a black person in that sense. And when you heard that, what did you think? We're not in Kansas anymore. We are not in Kansas anymore. I I was, and this is the most fucked up thing you can say. There, I know that there's a piece of me that was like, so I finally have some white privilege. So I am now the person that can reap some of the social benefits of just existing within education. I am now, and like when I go to meetings, at, when I would go to meetings at school, they would say like, hey, 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 everyone stop talking, she's talking. And I've never been put on a pedestal in any job I've ever had in the States where my voice, even though I was not the highest on the ladder, highest rung on the ladder, my voice was elevated because I had this Americanism about me, which in Brazil is still seen as exceptionalism. So any idea I put forward was automatically considered. Any opinion I had was automatically not discredited and seen as a full circle like, okay, she's she's spitting fire right now. And I think that was, and I get to have a housekeeper. I have a housekeeper twice a week. She cooks my meals for, like she, everything. So, and that's one of those, that's one of those situations where, you know, like do you, you feel bizarre because I'm paying her the equivalent of what, like 75 US dollars a week. And I know that we're like by and far away her highest paid client. And it's what, like, I know I don't want to keep perpetuating the system but also the system is set up in a way that I know I can't individually change, but I can make changes for her in her life. I can't, my mom sends me money, extra money, and says, hey, make sure the Cassia is taken care of. Hey, make sure that your friend Duda, who lives in the favela, is taken care of. So Brazil is, has been a very awakening experience for me, not only what America seems to be wanting to transform into, but just the idea of whiteness, just the idea of that concept as it relates to money and power and not just skin sun protection that was a very that's been a very interesting experience living in Brazil as a black American woman yeah do you want to share anything else because I'm I would love to hear like what has that been like on a day-to-day basis 
absolutely phenomenal. I cannot, like, I can't argue. It's it's one of those things where it's hard to look at po- abject poverty all the time, but you look at the people who are like I've I've never seen a people who make the most of so little in my life. And no matter where you go, like you'll say, oh, the fellows are so they're not that dangerous. They're only, it's your fear that is dangerous. It's your like you are scaring them as much as they are scaring you. I promise you. Like these are just poor people. They don't have anything. Weapons are not allowed here. It's it's there's nothing really to fear except for their desperation, which you perpetuate. So I, I don't know what to tell you, but it's certainly interesting to look at a caste system in play. Yeah. Not that we don't have it in the states. It's just different when you know that you're casted down. Totally. Totally. Okay, I have a question because this is bringing up something that's I it has just been bubbling up with everything, you know, in the U.S. right now. Um, two kind of things. Um, one, I've been thinking about, and I'm I'm gonna just preface, Brianna. I'm gonna probably like butcher. How no, no, I no. say things, and I and I and if I do, will you correct me? Because I actually want to get better. Okay, I and I and I fail all the time, and I'm sure I do, but I want to try to get better. Absolutely. Um, I feel white people are terrified for things to change because that would mean, like, it's like unknown. It's like. Right. They're terrified. I like have had this feeling watching news and reading posts and even, and I, I am not opposing the white people that are out there doing amazing things because like, I think it's amazing. And I still feel this, like they're doing it in this weird fear. It's like fear of like, what does it mean if things actually change? Absolutely. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm just, it just frustrates me. It frustrates me because I know that I probably even have like fear, biased fear of a lot of things. And I'm like, what the hell, how do we actually deal with the problem? I, I just feel like, I feel very frustrated and just like, don't know what to do. And I don't want it to send me into apathy. Thank you for saying that. That's That was great. And I could not agree more, but it has to come down to, I, and Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote a book about this. There's nothing more dangerous than positive black leadership, right? Because then it breaks the stigma. Then it breaks, then it makes you say like, well, shit, all these years, like, were we that fucked up? Like, nobody wants to say that. And nobody wants to admit being wrong, even about simple things, but things that have affected generations and generations that you've continued to say, no, fuck, all lives matter, you know, which somehow doesn't include black lives. I've, I've never understood that part of it, but uh, yeah, I think they're just scared of, if I were, if I had to speak candidly, if I had to imagine, if yes, I please. In shoes, I would say that I would be scared to be treated how the fuck you treated black people. Like, you're scared that that pendulum is going to swing back the other way, but as a people, black people haven't really been very, like, retribution-seeking. It's mostly been like, hey, can you just, like, 
again, get off our net. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I get it. You, you guys are going to do what you're going to do, but can we do something without being criminalized? I, I don't know. And I, it's really that fear that if I don't have the power, then you will, and it'll flip against me, and then it will no longer be my white American nation, even though it isn't already, demographically speaking. It totally. made Hispanics start checking the white box. It would have been a rap city long time ago. But, you know. No, I, Brianna, thank you for just saying it so honestly. I genuinely think that that's what's going on. I think it's like, well, you know, if I can see it through religion, if I can see it through anything that gets power, right? There's like people in power. I have never been in like a high ranking anything. So I, you know, I'm not sure except for being a white woman, which in some way makes me high ranking. Um, it's like, and yes, which it's like embarrassing to be a white person right now. I just want to say that it's fucking embarrassing in the way of like, I also don't know how to solve it. You know what I mean? It's like, if we create the problem, this is how I felt about a lot of things is like, if we create a problem, we should also know how to solve the freaking problem. And we don't. Um, but I just, I think people are terrified because they know what they have done with power. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All across the globe. Absolutely. And I I think it's, I think it's, um, I, I don't, think that you're wrong i think that the layman does not know how to fix this but this is not a hard problem to fix it's not oh please will you i want can the conversation go here tell me like will you tell oh, me what your thoughts are here there it's just it's it's just the power it's it's amazon it's the amazonization amazonation of an entire country you know you just have i i read a post the other day that said if you really want people to start waking up Black mothers, take your children out of Division One schools and put them into HBCUs. Watch how quickly shit changes. If we started to make the cops pay for their errors instead of the taxpayers, watch how quickly shit changes. If we guarantee, like, we have all this affirmative action stuff that is just lip service. If we did, if we actually did something in terms of reparations, if we, because again, you watched the video that I shared. Did you watch the video that I shared this morning about the woman who's like, playing Monopoly for 400 years, and then... No, I haven't. I didn't see the video that you shared this morning. You've got to watch that video. It's on my timeline somewhere. But the black woman named Kimberly, and she is just going on and on about why these cities are burning, because we don't own anything. So why the fuck would I care if if the city's burning down if I don't own anything in the city? Sorry, I I don't care. She said as far as... Because it's not mine. Totally. It's not mine. It's not mine. And I built it. And you took it. So we're only asking you, like, we're asking you to hold up your end of the contract. You guys do, you do some robbing. We do some robbing. The police comes in. The bad people go to jail. But you do some robbing. You do it through legislation. It's fine. We do some robbing. We die. That is the the whole issue. That is the point. We just want the social contract to be reinstated. You just need to make sure that people feel safe in their skin, in their home. That's it. That's the whole thing. So, Brianna, let's say, by the grace of God, yeah. <laughs> that that happens. Yeah. Do you think it, I, I don't want to feel helpless, but do you think it can happen? I think it will have to happen. At this Eventually. Point. This generation is not 
taking this shit. They're really not. Yeah. So I that I don't know what kind of changes are coming, but changes are coming. And that's the the scarier part. I think that if white people are so scared, you can't just share. Like it's it's you can just share. That's that's all it is. I mean, again, black people aren't ever asking for all that much. We don't want to be we don't want to uh take over anything. We just want the same rights that you have. I want the right to call the police. I don't know a single black person who and, and you have to be, I mean, fucking desperate to call the police. And the police will tell you, unless you like we're not coming to counsel you at all. We are militarized. We are coming, we are you're all nails and we are hammers. So every problem that we see is going to be squashed down. We don't have a, anybody protecting us. We don't have anyone saving us. We know the government doesn't look out for us. We know that the local or federal government is not looking out for us. And desperate people do desperate things. And that's the scarier part. If you gave some people some security, some food security, some housing security, some wealth security, things would be a much simpler place. But you don't want that for whatever reason. So we're going to keep having this come up until somebody does something. Okay, so grassroots. So you said, you know, you said a second ago, you know, your mom will like send a little extra for the, the woman that's helping you in your home and like your, the, how you can impact her and her life. And I, I believe that I believe that like in our community, we can do stuff. Right. But like, what have you seen? I want to know from you what you have seen that's actually making some sort of difference in like what we can do. We, I'm going to, I'm speaking for the white community and I don't mean to, but I'm included in like, because I want to know what to do. Like I, you know, it's like, there's a whole bunch. It's like, if you, it's like going to the supermarket, there's like a hundred different types of milk and I don't know which one to buy. You know, it's like that. It's like there's so many places that, like, I see where I can donate, sign petitions, and da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm interested in doing whatever I need to do. I just feel like what what do we do? What organizations, like, do you, are you like, yes, this is an organization you can donate to and they are actually doing good work? Or, like, this is a place where you can, like, protesting. Like, should we be out protesting? Um, like, what in your eyes feels like actual things that we can do to create movement? I think that it's going to have to be a top-down thing. So it's going to have to be the millionaires and the billionaires and the, the Ben and Jerry's of the world that are going to come out and actually help support the struggle. Because, again, like, where is Oprah Whereas Gail, a lot of these big black names are fucking AWOL right now. When we need our help the most, they're nowhere to be found. So I, it's going, and we didn't get into this mess by ourselves, and we've been undereducated and miseducated and deprioritized to the point that we don't know how to stick up for ourselves. And that is by design. They don't want us to mobilize. I think it was J. Edgar Hoover who they asked him what was the biggest threat to America, and he said, uh, Negro unification. And you look, if you go to World Star Hip Hop, you go to black social media, you see we are still crabs in a barrel. We don't think because there's not enough to go around. So we always try to pull things down, but we have to get out of that poverty mindset. We have to get out of that idea that there isn't enough because there always hasn't been enough. We have to move forward from that. And we have to just lift each other up regardless. And we can't tear each other down 
we can't fall for the propaganda. We can't call, fall for the bullshit. But it's going to take, and black people, sorry, it's going to take probably some white people to get behind us so that we can actually restructure our community in a way that makes sense. Because right now, we're lost. We're really lost. And it's by design. So would it, like, because, okay, I've been, like, thinking about, like, protesting certain, not protesting as, like, on the streets, but, like, stop buying from certain places that I know. Like, is that a way to do it? Like, how do we get, because, like, obviously, I don't have access to these billionaires that, you know, how do we do it? Do we protest against their company? Do we, like, what are you thinking? You have to protest against their company. You have to. Okay. Like, Walmart didn't stop selling rebel flags until we made a stink about it. Like, you can't sell guns and rebel flags in the same store and think that that's just fine. What could be wrong with that? Like, yeah, what's happening now is what's wrong with that. So I think, like, when you see something, say something. That's, like, the bottom line mm. is uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt despite mm-hmm. the media bias, despite the educational biases that you've been um, raised upon. Um, and I think it's really getting money into someone's hands because you know you've seen susan g Komen like 20.26 percent of that money actually goes to cancer victims or goes to cancer or whatever it all gets lost in the lost in the wash and <clears throat> i think that the best organizations it's, it's just direct gofundmes money in people's hands that are really desperate because at this point these large organizations and it's it's one of those things also you'll see just like you've never seen really really Really, you'll never see a black athlete that can make it through his entire career without somebody calling him out or somebody pulling him down or somebody like no black celebrity goes through unscathed. There are no, I don't know, a good example, uh, like the guy from the notebook. No, like no one talks shit about him, but there's if you are prominent, you are going to be put down because again, black leadership is a big fear. So, I don't, I don't, uh, and I really think it's going to be. I have a few organizations I can link to that I know are like their local uh, things, like in Minnesota and other things like that. But I think the biggest thing at this point is going to be standing in the gap. Truly, it's going to be getting out there and protesting with us because I don't think that white people are going to see it. They think it's just a black issue, a black and white issue. But when white people start getting brutalized on CNN, when white people start taking the heat and taking the hits for just standing there doing nothing. Maybe that'll wake up. Some, I, I don't know that Fox News will show it, but maybe that'll wake some people up and say, you know what? This is I do want my country, and it will be taken down by this, and I have to say something. Totally. I Well, I appreciate that because that helps me too just really recognize of like – I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it back to fear. Mm-hmm. Like – you know, because in my business, I, I talk to a lot of people and everyone, it ends up, everyone is just terrified of death. It's like this interesting, I don't, it's like this, The once the onion unfurls, it's death always, right? And so, and, totally. And it's like death of a lot of things. Death of identity. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Of- yes death of the physical body death like whatever and i'm just like how can like how can we teach people to not be afraid of death like death of whatever it looks like death of this country death of the way the country has operated like there has we have to start facing death 
absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, when, that, that's the one thing that's absolutely inescapable, right? But that's the one thing that <clears throat> we refuse to talk about. It's bizarre, but we certainly need more social-emotional conditioning in school. We certainly need more just emotional awareness, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. I mean, if you, I think if you can come to terms and reckon with why you feel, how you feel, kind of get meta with it, I think at that point you can break it down more easily, dissolve the ego, and move to the next part. But I don't, I mean, without like injecting LSD into the water system, I don't see how that's going to happen, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. I really don't. I mean, that's a good idea, but that's also sure. probably not going to happen. Probably, yeah, a little problematic, but you know, I'm just saying. It's an idea. It's an idea. idea. All on the table. (laughs) So I also, I hate this question, but I'm going to ask it because I think it's maybe important. Absolutely. How much of this is personal work here in in a single person's heart community? Like for me to like work on my own biases, work on how I treat my neighbors, work on how I treat, um, the people of color in my community, like, like how much of it is that? Cause I know like what I'm hearing is it has to be from the top down, which I agree, but it's like, how, like, can I trust that if I do the work here that it will eventually, cause I feel very skeptical of that. I feel like, shoot, like it has to be done in both places. And how do I do it in both places? And like, and I think that this is so deep. This is so multi-layered that you yeah. can just pick one issue and focus. Like if you say, you know what, I know I can't change the world, but I know a lot of really good lawyers that are retired and they can do some pro bono work for some of these bogus trumped up charges in the court system. I I know that I can do some personal seminars to help spread awareness about why it's okay to be okay with dying. I know that I can personally, and they always say, you know, think global, shop local. But you always wonder, I think, like, your fear, like, my fear is, like, yeah, but what happens to Mississippi? Yeah, but what are they going to be pl- plotting in Arkansas? Yeah, but mm-hmm. what are they going to be plotting in the backwoods? Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think that, I don't think we can focus that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that those ideas, just like teeth in those parts of the world, just die off, you know? They just die out slowly. And, as, and it, like, I look at my friend, my best friend growing up was a girl named Samantha Mansker. She has two kids and they were staying with their dad who had as his headboard, a rebel flag. And I was like, God damn, uh, these kids are gone. These kids are lost. That's another one, you know, in the system. But they were the first ones to come out and say, no, this is wrong. And this is why I'm Brianna and da, 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 da. So I, it is changing. Even in the places I thought it was unchangeable. Me personally, I thought it was unchangeable and I'm an eternal optimist. So mm-hmm. again, this younger generation, like they're not here for it. We are not taking this. This is, this is ridiculous. These are old ideals. I thought we got through this. We've already learned about the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on? We have to continue to reinforce and over-enforce. Just like uh, I was looking at some stuff about South Africa because they had to deal with a lot of the same issues uh, after um, apartheid. Mm. And they had a big push for like rehumanizing the society. Because once mm-hmm. someone's oppressed and oppressed and oppressed, you say, okay, you're free. But that doesn't mean that all the biases and all the self-hate and all the self, just ugh, defeatism is mm-hmm. going to just wash away. And you have to continually reinforce that, hey, you are someone. Hey, black lives do matter. Hey, it doesn't matter that you 
you know, might've gone to jail for a dime bag when you were 18. That doesn't mean your life is over. We have to change that. We can't lock someone up, say they paid their toll and then not let them vote and not let them get civil rights like everybody else. Either they paid their at the time for their crime or they haven't, but you can't have it both ways. You can't have them partially incarcerated outside of the system. Mm-hmm. You can't make them unemployable. You know, totally. It's those little things, but I think that you, you ripple more than you know. Again, you're affecting me in the middle of Brazil, in the middle of a hurricane, and I think that if you just continue to do whatever the hell you're doing, it's all. And I completely, I, and I know that you're on the same page. That there's so much of it is intention. Like if you go about anything with the right intention it will have the butterfly effect. It will ripple on. If you go about something with malice, it'll do the same thing. But I think that your personal impact locally will be amplified a hundredfold just because of how strong your power and your intention behind your message is. So I think you just acting at this point, anyone doing anything is helping seriously, but just pick, pick a lane. It could be uh, reforming the prison system. It can be, you know, getting things to inmates. Uh, It could be trying to, you know, educate in your community in any, in any way, um, feeding the homeless, volunteering, just doing the hard work. And I know that it sucks. And I, if I were you, I'd be like, I never had slaves. You know, I, I don't exactly know how I benefited from this society. And it's hard when there's white privilege and you haven't benefited much. It's hard to see that it really exists, mm-hmm. but we have to, we have to do more. Everyone has to just do more to level the playing field. And it's going to have to swing more on the black side for a while. And white people have to get okay with that for a while because we've been all okay with it being a white America forever. Even the indigenous people. We're just asking for a little piece of this country that we built. That's it. Uh. And one black president does not count. And this is, again, hot tea, hot takes coming in strong. Barack Obama is a wonderful man. But... He was a symbol for the black community. He was not, he was not someone that was guaranteeing more freedoms or privilege for black people, no matter how Fox News tries to spin it. No black person feels more free under after Obama than they did before. And we know it's not all his fault. But no, totally. in the middle position, you know, still waiting for the first black president. And he Again, I think if he was an ADOS, I think if he was an American descendant of slavery, it might have been different. He had a Kenyan father and a white mother, and he, he couldn't, in his heart of hearts, relate all the way to the black experience. Yeah. The lived black experience of living in the Deep South, you know, but just still seeing the same old shit that your parents yeah. describe, grandparents describe, and you're like, well, what? Didn't you guys march and stuff about this after they killed Martin? After they killed everyone? Didn't you guys? Okay. The civil rights movement didn't end. They just murdered everyone? Oh, okay. Hmm. I guess we'll revisit this later. I guess. You know what this is reminding me of? I just found out in the city I live in. This is what gets me. So I'm living in a town called Gig Harbor, Washington. Nice. Yeah, it's like an hour south of Seattle. Very small town. Um, And one of my friends here, she has children in high school. She was living in Tacoma, Washington, which is like a way more diverse city than where I live and um she there they had like a healthy dose of you know just being around diversity but also in the school system they taught about the civil rights movement here in Gig Harbor guess what they don't 
at all? She said that in her, this is, that I'm second, I don't have kids in the school system, so I don't know, so I'm just, but she literally told me they don't teach anything about black history. And this is my moment of, I should be surprised, but, you know, it's not all that surprising. I know, it's not, and it's like, okay, what can, like, like, so this is my community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's work to be done for sure. There's work to be done. And I've heard some weird stuff about KKK in uh, Washington State too. Just a lot of those like big northern blocky states that were seen as safe havens for like the South rising again to the North somehow. It, it, it's just very, very bizarre. But I have noticed in my, my personal lived experience that mm-hmm. while the racism in the South is blatant, the racism in the North is more insidious so Mm. there there is there's something that we don't you don't we don't have the same kind of like oh well stupid redneck but don't please believe they're they're everywhere they're they're not just there are some evil evil little towns of idaho um the dakotas it's just like people people know just don't fucking go to those places those are not places that are safe for you don't go. So I heard a quote yesterday hmm. and it sparked something in me. And I, I, I'm curious to bring it to you now. We had, we had questions by the way, everyone. And we just are not going, I'm, I'm cool with it. How do you feel? You feel off the cusp. Okay, good. Okay. This is the best. Um, okay. So the quote was, remember that if, if racism wasn't really an issue for you, then, like, you would be able to just openly talk about it. Yep. Period. Period. And I was like, that is a good quote. Absolutely. Because you see all these people up in arms, and and I, I even feel slightly up in arms just in feeling like I don't know what to do exactly. Um, but I'm like, huh. How many people would it check if they actually were like, oh, maybe I'm reacting because like. Right, right. Just take a deep, just take a beat on that. Yeah. Even if it seems to be like for Black Lives Matter. Sure, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is, this is, this is hard to say honestly, Kim, but there is, like, I think that white men pose a very specific threat to the black community, to communities of color, but I feel like white women have a very, very insidious role in a lot of the problems that are in the black community. And, like, you've seen Django Unchained. Uh, You've seen, like, 12 Years a Slave. You've seen so many things that are fought, so so much blood that's been shed. You've heard of him. Emmett Till, maybe you've seen him in the casket, maybe not, but so many people have had to die and it was on the justification of white female uh, heroism. And it's just, it's especially sickening to me to see, to be a mother, right? To be a mother, to know what it means to have born a child and to bring them into, you know, where they can stand on their own. And then to watch someone just so wantonly snuff their life out, 
You would think that would call all mothers. You would think. But somehow it doesn't. And I don't know what that is, but that's something deeper than just black and white. That's 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 a that's a global issue. I don't I don't know what that is, but I don't ever see a child and think like that needs protection. And I don't I don't know what it what changes in your mind to say only the kids that need sunscreen need protection, both there and from me. I, I don't know what that is, but until you recognize that you are the only people that are on every continent interbreeding, you are the only people that have the, the might and the power behind you to say what you want to say and do what you want to do and actually get some shit done. Why are we fighting you too? I don't understand this. I really don't. We know that women don't even have all the rights. Why would... And black people, during the same time as the civil rights movement, the women's rights movement was going on. And black women had to choose. And they made us choose. Mm. And we were seen as a traitor either way. So I feel like we have fought beside you. We have fought for your rights. We have done everything you've asked us to do. And when you see our kids in these streets dying, what happened to you that you don't see that as something worth speaking out about? It's just so 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 painful it is really painful keep drinking (laughs) i love you so much mutual i can feel it yeah it's 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 tough and i i just need i don't expect i don't expect the same people that are policing us to come to our aid but i do expect those moms at home to do that I, I expect you can afford a security system. If you're that scared, install some shit. Don't take away our rights. Totally. I mean, I I appreciate what you said because I know I'm a, I'm a part of the problem. I don't... I am not conscious or aware enough or... I, you know, I'm just going to be really... I'm I'm stupid. And I'm, I'm not even afraid to say it. Like, I... Fearless. I, like, I... I see you. And I... My heart breaks because I know. What can you do? What can you do? With the powerlessness, that's why people are in the streets. Because what the fuck else can you do? I can't... I can't apply for a loan. I get to my kids so I get school. I have to hope. I have to hope that they're good at a sport so that we can all get out of here. Totally. They have no financial education. All their money's gone in 26 minutes because you have to pay the black tax. You know that you have to lift up an entire community. You can't by yourself be successful. You can't. You have to pull everybody up with you or then your community turns on you too. It's, it's such a mess. It's, it's just such a fucking mess, Kim. And I and like I, I posted for the first time today because I'm just at a loss for words. How many more marches do I have to post it? Like, I want to order a shirt that just says, this is my protest shirt. Because I can't keep ordering a shirt for every time we have to go to this shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I really don't. In terms of how to make people see it. I think it's just going to have to be, like, each one, like, like a virus, you know? Like, just one person touches another, touches another, and just infects the mind. But I noticed that all of my friends who are really commenting, 
are either gay, marginalized, have gone through some kind of issue where they actually met someone black that they know and love, or they have black children, have black children. Those are the only people that seem to give a fuck by and large, or, you know, minorities, whatever, but yeah. Hispanics, but it's, we know who saw, who created this problem. We know who perpetuates this problem. And until we're ready to hold these people to account, I don't know. I don't know. I want you to know that this, oh, are you kidding? I mean, come on. Together. I wish we had a cup that we could like catch our tears together. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I have been, you know, the reason I reached out to you and the reason I wanted to do this conversation with you is because throughout my life, I know that the only times that I have been deeply impacted is when I have brushed against the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when this started happening, your face just kept popping up in my mind. I was like, Oh my God. Like I, and I, at one there, I was sitting, I was actually sitting in my living room and your, your face popped up in my mind again. And I was just thinking, I, and I shared this already with you, but I'll share it for the podcast. Brianna, something that you guys should know about this woman is she is one hilarious, hilarious. Oh girl, you are hilarious. I remember in psychology, AP, me, you, and Nick Hood always, just causing trouble. Rocket. <laughs> and and I just remember I would look at you and I remember thinking, damn, I want to be her friend. Like, really? Like, and we, you know, we had I was am I a grade above you? Yes. Okay, okay. Cause I remember there being it was like a challenge. Like I remember yes. think feeling like we don't run in the same crew. Like, I wanted to, like, like go to you or have you come to me, but this class and these ways that we brushed up against each other. And I just remember, like, always admiring you. Same. Same. And I don't know if I want to just say, like, everyone go out there into the world and, like, get a friend of color because, That's dear it God. That's all it is. That's all it is. I... Because this is what has me, I think, awakened to my own racism, to my own prejudices, to my own stupidity. I, you know, it's... That, also your humanity. And my humanity. Yeah. Which needs to be reawoken from time to time. Because we live in a very desensitizing environment. And we see death and murder and rape and blood and everything else every other day. But it's it's nice to have that moment where you really feel human. Like, I don't even know why I care about this, but as a human being, I am deeply impacted. We need yeah. to dig deep. So don't, it's it's, it's not all the, the negative stuff. You're also, that's the, the pain of being so aware. You know, it's It comes at a price. It comes at a price. And you'll sleep better at night, but not as long. I will say that. I also think that it's, Tell me if you, you know, what you think about this. So I, I, I support people for a living, right? Like I, they call me, they tell me about what they're dealing with, their challenges, their, you know, and, um, and I've been blessed to work with people all over the world. And 
so cool. People feel guilt, like especially people in the white community feel so much guilt. And I have been thinking about it and I'm like, that is so self-serving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy to be guilty. It's easy to feel guilt and then not do anything. It's like, um, I did this leadership training where this, this company, they like train world leaders and, and they always talked about like, if your head is looking at your belly button, which is like, whoa, me, I'm so guilty. I don't know what to do. And da, 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 that like, Literally, you're just self-absorbed. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is, I think, another problem with this conversation. 100%. 100%. Like, I think that it has, to, it has to come to a wreck. I mean, it's one thing to say I'm sorry, and it's one thing to apologize. You know that. I know that. The apology comes with work. And sorry, not sorry, it's not going to cut it anymore. You have to put in the work. You've gotten a free ride for the last 500 years. You have to put in the work. And I know that maybe you did not financially benefit. I know that maybe everyone you know has been poor your entire life, everyone in your family. But people have been systematically oppressed in a country that they were captured, raped, beaten, tortured, children sold off, told they were not human, three-fifths of a human, treated as furniture. We're just asking for you to do a little more than just free us and then criminalize being alive for us. We just have to, we just, you have to do more. I'm sorry. Shut up and apologize. And don't just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. But you need to apologize. You need to apologize to the, to the community. And sometimes have you never given an apology that you didn't think was warranted, but you knew it helped? Why can't you just eat a little crow, apologize because you know the country that you're proud to be an American for has systematically brutalized, raped, tortured, murdered countless bodies, countless bodies and never thought twice about it. I'm not saying you personally are wrong, but I'm saying that you benefit from this system. Oh, totally. No, I mean, I hope everyone listening hears that and it enters into them. Yes. Because I just, I heard it too. And Brianna, I will stand with you. I know. This is the time I need to stand on your shoulders. I, I need my like, I need the support. I need to know that when I fall, someone's going to catch. You know. You can have my shoulders. Thank and you. I don't know. I don't know a country. I know you won't, that you, you can come. live in, but like my freaking couch. Like, legitimately, I might have to take you up on that. Like, legitimately, you can fly here. I'm not kidding. You can you can live here as long as you need. I have a two-year lease on this place. If you need two years, come. If you build it, they come. I think we can really start something. I'm not even kidding. I think so, too. I'm just so appreciative for you in this conversation and just awakening things in me that I didn't even know were just bubbling, you know. Because again, this is like the 50 million time this has happened. This is, I hope something's coming from this, but I feel disconnected from it both geographically and yeah. just because I don't expect anything anymore. It's hard to keep expecting things. It reminds me of a fire. You know, like the white people's fire has been burning long enough. Yeah. And it's like, I can be oxygen for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, you vastly outnumber us, like, like black to white. If it just everyone just took one, you know, it, it would it would change everything. It's like adopt a, a child in Zambia. No, adopt a child in Detroit. You know, just I think it would make such a difference. We don't even care. These kids are drinking poison water, and it's not just Flint. It's so many towns. I don't know what's happening to humanity. I don't. I don't. Why doesn't know anyone give a fuck? It's just like a grab all. And that's the, the positive and the negative part of our capitalistic society is that profits over people will naturally de decentivize altruism. Because you're just looking out for number one, is that belly button thinking. Mm -hmm. We just we have to do something to bring this home for an, a lot of people. Because right now it's still your ghetto, your home, your community, but it, no, it's the entire, it's everything. I don't, and I don't know other than burning your towns down, how to make you see it because we've tried every fucking other way. We have bailed out the democratic party and we've gotten shit all to show for it. We have done all of the things you told us to do and still, okay, I guess it's going to have to burn. I don't know what else to do at this point. I don't. The only way those cops got arrested was because shit started burning. I was going to say, it might have to burn. You you guys have to be a little bit more responsive and less reactive. Otherwise, this shit's going to go down in flames. And you know Donald Trump's wanted this race war since the beginning. Oh, this totally. is what he ran on. So if we're going to give this to him, okay, but don't look at us like we're the ones doing this. We were minding our business, trying to buy a fucking dime or whatever we were buying at Cup Foods. This cop killed this guy in broad daylight, and now you have to get involved, or you have to watch your country burn. It's up to you. This is your country you love so much. Obviously, these black people don't really, like, yeah, America's cool, but it's only because I can't go anywhere else, and I don't know anything about anything, and all right, if you're not going to give me some liberties, fuck it. We're going to get reparations one way, maybe by rebuilding our communities. Maybe that's the way. I don't know. But it's certainly not... It's not going to be just, this is a revolution, period. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. I can feel that now. Your voice is so... The mm. Hunger Games. You can pick your side, but be careful. Because people remember, people will keep receipts. Oh, yeah. We'll remember. I, I'm just like, I want, I want people to hear what you just said. Me too. I want people to stop listening and start hearing. I feel you. Hearing takes action. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, even just, again, just self-reflection. I think that would be enough. If you could just stop calling the cops. I don't know. If you could stop doing the George Floyd TikTok challenge. I don't know. If you could just pretend that we're humans for a little bit and see how much better your life would be because being mean to us hasn't helped maybe just try some kindness and empathy golden rules type stuff and admit that we're people that's going to help a lot I'm so moved by you thank you Kim I wish that I could just say sorry a thousand times and take all the action. And I know that it's going to take, 
I don't even know what it's going to take. You know what I actually think? I think we need to stop trying to think about what it will look like and just start doing it. Start doing. Because like, I don't, if I think about, okay, what, what, like, what would it look like? It's like, no, I won't know the Kimberly. I won't know what it looks like for the Kimberly that actually, actually is doing all the things. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. It's just like, like uh, go, go. No, I'm go, sorry. go, go. Oh, it's just saying, it's just like um, if you, you've been in a state of depression and things around you just slowly start to deteriorate, right? And so by the time you wake out of this, you crawl out of this hole, you look around and you're like, well, where do I even begin to rebuild this? But then you just say, okay, I'll just do five things. I know that I can manage five things. I know I can do that. It's just about doing what you can do because no one's expecting anyone to create or to fix all these problems, but just focusing on what you can do, that's enough. And making sure that's enough to make sure you lay your head down at night, okay, that's enough. Truly, at this point, anything helps. Anything. Truly. As long as it's actively, you know, trying to help, I, it will. It will. And it just takes, and it's another one of those things that maybe there's other people in your community that feel a lot like you, but they want to make sure that there's someone there to support, you know? Like, I don't want to be outcast from my entire society because I'm the only one that feels this way. I think it just takes some bravery from a lot of people that may or may not have it, but you're going to have to muster it up from somewhere because this country will go down. I mean, I don't even know. I, at this point, I'm kind of like, maybe courage is created by doing. I'm not so. sure. Yeah. Even like, even when you're scared, even when your heart is broken, your hands are shaking, still do it. Yeah. Just do it. You have to. I think okay. there's, have you, we are, thank you. Yes. I don't think people understand. Right. Right. Um, there's a Khalil Gibran. He writes beautiful poetry. He has a book called the prophet. And then one of the lines in one of the poems is we are only as high as the lowest on the rung. Absolutely. Absolutely. Greatest country in the face of the nation and history of the world. Right. It's delusional. Right. Prove it. Leave America and still say that. I dare you. I challenge you. Go anywhere else and keep saying that. You'll be laughed at. It's totally. ridiculous. American exceptionalism is going down the tubes. And I hope that Americans can see that. I don't yeah. know that they can or they ever will, but it, that's the truth. It's time for another country to be the America that knows what the hell is going on because we are, we are in no shape to lead anyone. Not by our example. Hell no. Oh my God. I hope nobody is looking at our example. Well, Brazil is, quite unfortunately, but, you know, what are you going to do? Dictator's going to dictate. It's like, can we just all pull our hair out and like, can we, maybe we should just all shave our head and start over. Like, I love really? how you started this. You have to. I mean, when it comes, when it, everything is this confusing, yeah. let's just wipe the slate clean. <laughs> let's just, let's start piecing this together again because... Oh, what a mess. What a mess. But it's, it's people like you that give people like me the courage to say, maybe this will change this time, you know? And I know they said that when they were abolitionists. I know they said that in 1960s. I know they say that, they say that, they say that, but it feels different. And he said, ta he said, this is the first white supremacist president. We've had plenty of white presidents, but we haven't had before 
a white supremacist president. And that's what we have. And even though people don't say that, people may not know that, they know that. And I think that's what's going to be the difference of either having a country or not. Like, it's not like, oh, great, uh, Joe Biden or Donald. Like, no, it's, yes. it's, bigger, it's bigger than that. It's either having a country or not having a country at this point. And people have to realize that. Rana, who inspires you? I want to know, like, who right now you you are like touched, moved, and inspired by in this conversation. And I'm it may really, be no one. <laughs> no, it's always the same person. It's Dr. Cornell West. He is always speaking what my heart is trying to say. Um, and he, I mean, he's laid out the policy. He knows what we have to do. He went through it in the '60s. I feel like if there's someone who's going to be able to lead us out of this with peace and hope and compassion it's going to be dr west and others in his same fold it's going to be those that survived the civil rights movement it's going to be those that went to jail it's going to be the bernie sanders types those are the voices that we need it's going to be those it's 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 always going to be bernie and it's more about his messaging than his actual action at this point but the idea that there are people out there that see it and there are people in positions of power that see it. They just don't want to acknowledge it. We need to make them acknowledge it. We need to vote in those who will acknowledge it. It's Dr. Cornell West. It's, this is sad. This is a really sad state of affairs, but I used to be inspired by a lot of people in the media, but the media I see as our enemy and a lot of times more as much as it's our friend and paints black people in a negative way that, is natural because that's just the way business, that's just business as usual. And I, I hate to elevate people that I, I listen to and support um, that may not actually align with the things that I'm saying. And that's mm-hmm. one of the tragedies of the black community. We do support a lot of people and then find out later that, wait, they were gunning against us the whole time? Who knew? I was giving you my money and my views and, huh. Well, got me again. But yeah, I watch um, Rising a lot. Do you have you watched that before? It's by the Hill. It's a news program. No, no, I'm making all these notes because I actually. Okay, Rising. It, you said it's a news. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's from the Hill and Crystal and Sager. They were just on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. They do a very good middle of the road. He's more center right she's more center left and they actually give you the reporting of the news i feel like that's integral to the next wave is independent media um non-corporate media so we actually get straight no chaser news and not just this will sway this and this will sway that i I want the news not just your opinion yes right your idea of what i should interpret as news um Dr. West, as always. Yeah, does, has he written a book, Dr. West? Is, is, has he written, or is he, do you just follow him? I just I just type in Cornell West and whatever he's okay. recently I just subscribe to. Um, he's a professor at Yale and Princeton. Um, so, yes, written countless things. Um, okay. Coates is always a good uh, yes. spokesperson. But, you know, at this point, it's like Google. It's, like, it's common sense. And yeah. if you don't know by now, what the black people are talking about, but you know Kylie Jenner's net worth? I don't know what to tell you. It's not like it's not Googleable. It's not like there's there's a million videos, there's a million things that you can educate yourself about. It's just a willingness to 
want to educate yourself. I think it's, I think it's like that. And I think, I think, I think Western America is going to have to stop with the wanting immediate gratification, wanting immediate pleasure. There's going to have to be a shift of like, I'm willing to suffer a little for you and all the freaking suffering you've done. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, and that's the part that I think black people are the most disappointed about is like, you know, we've all we've done is suffer for you. We built, I don't know why you won't just take, like, it won't, you won't have to suffer very long. You just, I, 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 don't, I just don't know why the release of any of the power is so controversial. Yeah. I don't know. They should have just sent us back or killed us. They didn't have to do this. But then who would continue the prison labor force? Mm. It's a mess. It's a mess. But it just, it sucks that it's so transparent now. Not that it doesn't suck. It's just, if you see it all and you still do nothing, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And there's a certain demographic that's always known and has just done nothing. And that's acceptable. But the masses can't behave that way. <sighs> this has been so helpful. And I hate saying that because that's fucking my privilege. No, no, it is. Well, I feel that I feel, I feel like I shouldn't need to have to have a conversation or to feel, you know what I mean? Like I, like I want to, I want to keep like, I mean, this is just enlightening for me too. hundred percent. And there's so many things I don't know about being a white lady. And I, I don't, I don't feel any kind of way about that and I don't want you to feel any kind of way that you don't know what it's like to live in my shoes and I, don't, I honestly wouldn't want anyone to know what it's like to live in my shoes because while I have honed my my terror and my uh, chagrin, my shame into humor it's, it's painful and we always say we laugh or cry in this life you know, P- people mourn two ways, they cry or they sing and I'll always keep trying to sing well, I'm crying, but got to sing, got to. And people like you that sing with me, literally. Like, I mean, come on. I literally don't. You are more influential than I think you'll ever know. And maybe not even for the people that you're trying to affect, but people like me that see you, they see. Even before you said anything, I knew because of who you are, because you said, I'm going to be silent. Watch me, watch me do this. I can, I am better than what anyone else says I can do. Watch me prove this. I'm shaving off my, all my fucking hair, going to the middle of nowhere and I'm starting the fuck over and I'm figuring out the meaning of life. I'm figuring out the meaning of my life at least. And that is just like the balls on you. Who can do that? You know, I watch into the wild. That shit is scary as hell. You did it. And you, just by doing nothing but saying, I'm holding a space for you, it changes generations, man. It really does. Because I will, like, even if I had grown up in Arkansas and I never met someone like you, I could say, like, yeah, they're all fucking racist out there. I don't know anyone. No one on my timeline is saying shit about shit. But it's just a very few people, and you're like, I see you. I see you. I know that you've seen me, and you've always seen me. And I didn't even know that you could see me because I'm so used to being unseen. 
And thank you for elevating my voice and giving me a reason to say, you know what? Keep fighting. There are people that will fight with you. It's not just us and them. It's all of us. Your voice is like... Breaking. I'm sorry. Healing. For... I just hope that whoever listens to this re-listens to it and re-listens to it and re-listens to it because your voice, your voice is profound. Thank you, Kim, for Lee. <laughs> seriously. No, seriously. Like, Brianna? That means the most to me. Girl. Truly, I really want to have a voice and I, I want to, I want to be more vocal about things that I give a shit about, but again, you just get fatigued, but it takes these kind of conversations to say, you know what? Fuck it. I can do it again. What's one more time? Let's give it I all mean, that. Let's have, time. let's have two or three of these. Absolutely. I'm ready for it. I'm so serious. I like. Unemployment. <laughs> I'm so serious. The couch right here, like, pulls out into, like, a really luscious bed. Coming. Seriously. We just can't go to Whidbey Island. I've had some weird experiences there. Okay, fair. We can stay just away from there. Thanks. I do hear there's LSD in the water there, though. (laughs) Ah, That that would make sense. sense. (laughs) I'm kind of half serious. A weird place. It is a weird place. Eureka Springs of Washington. Oh my god. <laughs> legit. That is a legit statement. I'm so glad you've been to Woodby Island because I feel like very few people. Also, I have a house yeah. that like I can we can stay there if we do want to get. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's not my house, but it's a dear friend yeah. of my house. Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. It's so cool. <sighs> Amazing. Okay. Will you just say one thing that if people can get off this call and do, it doesn't even have to be donate somewhere, just like one freaking thing. And it can be, be yourself and go stand up for what you believe in. I don't know, but just one thing. I I would say that if you have a black friend, just a message of solidarity, because at this point we don't know, like the enemy doesn't wear a different uniform than we do. So we don't know exactly who's giving us lip service and who actually gives a fuck. So if you could just reach out to someone you know, if you don't have any black friends, could you make a black friend? Can you go to a black bar? Well, I don't know what's open and closed at this point anymore. But Well, in the States, things are reopening. Okay, so just just go out. Try just to make a black fucking friend if you don't have one. Um, Amen. Humanize. Humanize each other. That's all it's about. We're all the same, just different levels of sunscreen. That's it. Nobody's inherently a criminal. No one's inherently a, a bad guy. Just that open-mindedness. I think that's all it is. Just reach out. To, if you have a black friend, just say, hey, I know you probably already know this about me because we're black. you're my black friend and whatever. Maybe they know this. Maybe they don't. But like, yo, I stand behind you. Whatever you need, I'm here to elevate that message because I hear you. I see the pain in your community. And if it was me and mine, I would expect that you would come out for me. And I know that you would. I so would. just letting people know gives people wind beneath their wings and then letting you guys be on our shoulders absolutely absolutely stand in front of us 
we've been Operation Black Shield for a long time. We've, we've done every front lines of every war. We're asking for your help on this one. We're not insurgents. We're just your neighbors. Listen to uh, Selena Sloan. Oh, yes. Good wine. Talk to a black friend. Just reach out. And it might be painful. And, it, and especially in your family. I know that everyone has that uncle. We Everyone thinks that black people have a, one cousin that's a thug. I know that you have one uncle that has some not-so-okay 19th century views. So reach out, you know? Yes. Yes. People. You just inspired me. I'm going to call my grandma. Yeah, grandma's coming. Coming in hot. That woman, she, yes. Yes. She's going to go vote. I will, I will have a, I will have a hard conversation with her. That is my promise to you. Oh, that's, thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. Yeah, I really mean that. I, I have, I have had some hard conversations with her, but you, one, three, five aren't enough. Right. And you know what I want to say to the white community? This is something that I, I deeply believe in is that if you do reach out and you do do these things and these, and you know, somebody of color is pissed at you, let them be pissed at you. Absolutely. Stop caring about like, you can, I, I believe, and I would love to hear what you have to say. I believe that like, we're going to have to learn to stand in solidarity, even if every single person is pissed at us. You guys have a reason to be pissed at us. Yes, yes absolutely. And people will stop being pissed, period. It's, totally. it's, just, it's a knee-jerk reaction, just like your fear. Our anger is a knee-jerk reaction. Totally. And it's not all white people. It's not all black people. And totally. More of us, and it's the same thing. A lot of black people don't know any white people that have been nice to them and been kind to them in their life. They don't. Yeah. Not their teachers, not their preachers, not anybody that has been yeah. really nice to them. But I think it's just, it, again, you can listen to all the Jason Mraz you want to, but until you internalize the message that love is always the answer, we're going to continue to be lost. Just love each other. That's the biggest message. Just love one another as you would yourself or your children. I see you. I see you. And I love you. And I honor you. I love you. And I honor you too. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank you so much for opening up the table for this dialogue. And this one's for your uncle, Brianna. I'm so sorry for your loss and I'm so sorry. I'm I'm so sorry for the bazillion losses that you've experienced because of this whole mess. Yeah. I am too. And I will die trying. Me too. I don't have kids either, but I know that I want a better future for the ones that exist. They don't deserve just to not feel safe anywhere. We can change it. I know that we can. And if I had to die for that, I want nothing more than to be martyred in that way. No problem. It I hits differently. My name is Brianna. Uh, Brianna Taylor was just recently murdered. It's her birthday. It does, like, the killings do feel different when it's your name people are shouting in the streets. It's just so impactful, you know? And it's, uh, I think that's what stirred up at first my fear yeah. and then uh, my quiet rage. It's just hard to be, you know, like, you've, you've gone through a divorce. You know it's hard to stay mad forever, you know? Eventually, you just get, you're like, fuck it, fuck it. What are we going to do? 
But I'm getting mad again. I'm getting mad again. If you need oxygen, call me. Well, I will. I'm so not kidding. Oh, thank you for your general generous offer of couch surfing. I'm not gonna not follow up on that. I'm actually very serious, and I hope you do. Yeah, yeah, that's all. We're, that's in my way. Uh, okay, I'm gonna end the podcast just so that, and then I'll hit stop, and then we can. But if you loved this podcast, please share it. This woman's voice is sacred, and let's raise up the community. I love you. Thank you. Thank you, Kimmy. Okay, I'm hitting pause.